even if it's in the slightest way, means a lot to me. Whilst I use content creation as a way to remind others of the things that sometimes, most of the times, are useful to know and be reminded of, a lot of the times I'm reminding myself, and in turn that just happens to be helpful for a lot of people, and of course the most helpful to me. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so, so much for listening, for being here, another week, another episode, another podcast where I get to share a bit of what's on my mind and what's on my heart. I do not take your time or energy for granted, I always take it for gratitude, so thank you so, so much. If you haven't already and if you can spare a few seconds to please hit the follow button or hit the subscribe, leave us a review, those minor actions or seemingly minor actions actually lead to major growths across the podcast so if you can take just a couple of seconds to hit the follow hit the subscribe leave us a review that would help the podcast massively thank you so much i've been playing with this idea of how to overcome certain mental barriers that we have across our life and fear is one of those barriers i'd consider fear a mental barrier because it often lives more in our heads than it does in reality a lot of the times when we have a fear that fear really and truly is just in our minds it's just a barrier that we have mentally around whatever the fear is based on. A lot of the times fear is based out of previous experiences. Sometimes it's fear out of insecurities. And sometimes truly and generally it's just based out of what we perceive something to be versus what it could actually be. And when I'm thinking about my life as a whole and things that I really want to do, it's always interesting when I want to do something, what is it that is stopping me from doing it? And a lot of the times, we build up excuses as to why we cannot do something. And those excuses are just there to make us feel better about ourselves, to make us feel better about why we're not doing the thing that we want to do. And This has been a common theme for me recently, something that I'm thinking about a lot. And I've probably mentioned this in very diversified ways in the past few episodes. But it's really intriguing when you really look at it and you think about things like overthinking, uh, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, fear. Like all of these things are just mental barriers. And all of these things are potentially the difference between where you are right now and where you want to be in in the future, where you desire to be. And lately I've been playing with this idea of what's the worst that can happen? 
And I think that question and the way that I framed that question has really helped me to basically understand that things are not as bad as they look like, as they sound like, and as they seem like. And I mean that. When I think about decisions that I want to do and what's the worst that can happen, it's not as bad, if bad at all. It's not even bad at all most of the times, as we may think. For example, I want to start a YouTube channel. And I've been saying this for a long time now. When I think about the things that I believe are stopping me from doing it, and I ask myself, okay, but what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is I do it uh, and I don't like it, so I stop. Or I do it and I'm not good at it, so I stop. Or I do it and just find that it's not really my thing and I stop. But it's not a waste of time. And I think a lot of the times I I do think in that frame, I'm like, am I spending energy and time on something that maybe turns out to be a waste of time? But then the argument would be that there is no such thing as a waste of time because you're always gaining something from it. And it's not, this isn't about the lessons. Of course, the lessons that you learn with every experience play a big part. But forget the lessons, just the experience, the knowledge, the skills that you have for attempting, experimenting, trying and doing something. I'd argue that's more of a gain than a loss. And I'd argue that you haven't really gone backwards because you have more now than you had before. And this is why... Things that are out of the usual or out of the traditional world are so intriguing to me. Like me having started a coaching business and building out my coaching business, it is such an interesting thing to me because it's really pushing me to, well, one, I'm doing things all by myself. So it's pushing me from that perspective, but also it's pushing me to do more and better in certain areas. And those areas are giving me skills. And whilst I don't reflect often on the skills, I know that I'm gaining more than I'm losing. So it may not be ideal for me to work a nine to five job that I do enjoy at the moment. And then straight after being and spending my evenings coaching. And there you go, most of my evenings are gone. It's not ideal that all my time or majority of my time is going towards other stuff. When, you know, in a perfect world, I would love more time for myself. But I'm not, I'm not losing anything, I'm gaining, I'm gaining. And this is far beyond revenue. It's it's deeper than that. I think building a business is probably going to teach you a lot more than doing a business degree at university. It, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's true. You learn more about sales than you would by reading 10 books about sales. 
Like you learn more from doing the thing <laughs> than you are to learn about reading about the thing. And we talk about learning so often and we perceive learning as exposure to information, but, but learning is not exposure to information, it's application of information. That's what learning truly is. Being exposed to information doesn't mean you learn there. Applying the information means you absolutely learn there. If you are just simply exposed to information, but you don't apply it, then you haven't really learned it. And I think for the longest time, we have mistaken being exposed to information as learning that information. It's kind of like listening to this podcast, right? The only way you can verify that you've learned something from this podcast or any podcast, any book, any movie, whatever it is that you choose as a source of learning, the only way to verify that you've actually learned it is to go and apply it. Remembering it isn't learning. It's actually being able to apply and repeat it in context and in practice that proves that you have learned something. So if we go based on that, then you are more likely to learn stuff by doing them, by attempting them, by trying them, by experimenting them, than you are to being exposed to them. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't read books and you shouldn't listen to podcasts and you shouldn't watch movies or audio, listen to audiobooks, whatever the case is. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is you and all of us can sometimes confuse the exposure to information to the application of it. And those are two different things. Being exposed means you are shedding light or being shed light on something that you didn't know before, whereas applying it proves that what you've absorbed before is actually stuck in your mind. There was something interesting that Chris Williamson's said. Chris Williamson? Chris Williamson's? Uh, I can't remember his surname. But anyways, he said this and I thought it was really interesting. He said that the, the rate at which we can absorb input is asymmetric to our ability to deploy change. And I thought that was a really accurate statement. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that was the gist of it. It's an accurate statement, right? Because there's so much to learn and it's so much easier to take in inputs, it makes it harder to deploy outputs. Your ability to deploy change against everything that you're learning is going to be far asymmetric and far more difficult because there's so much that you can take in versus how much you can actually produce out. Which is why I try my best to be selective about the sources in which I'm getting information. So I might listen to a few podcasts and they might, they, they might be my go-to podcasts, but I will not at least right now in my life, I do not listen to every single episode of my favorite podcast. I don't do that. I listen to the ones that I selectively believe 
are going to give me the value that I'm looking for. And that value might be dictated by the things that I'm interested in. And that's the same thing with books. So when I think about sources of information, when I think about the things that I want to learn about, I am selective because I know that there's just so much information out there that it can actually just be overwhelming. And when you feel overwhelmed, what happens is you enter analysis paralysis, which means that you overanalyze a situation so much and you overthink it so much that you end up not doing anything about it. When you are in that state, you are basically procrastinating. Now, a lot of people would call it being a perfectionist, but really and truly, you're not a perfectionist if you are not doing your absolute everything to get shit done. Because a perfectionist is literally, a real perfectionist is trying to get the thing done. Whereas the claiming to be perfectionists are actually just procrastinators in disguise. And I've mentioned this before, I believe, in, in a previous podcast. And I think it's a really interesting concept to play with, which is, are you really a perfectionist or are you just claiming to be because it justifies your lack of progress against the thing? Harsh truth, but it is true. And in a lot of cases, we are not being perfectionists. We are just being procrastinators. And we procrastinate because there's barriers, there is some friction. And I love the word friction, because for me, friction means there's something that is causing resistance. And I always love to dive deep into why I feel resistance against certain things. Because if friction is the reason why I'm not doing something, I need to identify the friction, I need to understand the friction, and I need to reduce or minimize or get rid of the friction. Because that is the only way I can guarantee that I can go and do the thing. And, and this is beyond being scared or having a fear. That's one side of friction. But what other frictions are there? Because a lot of the times we believe that we have to not feel scared and not feel nervous and not feel anxious and not feel all of these emotions before we can start to attempt to do what we want to do. But to me, to me, it's clear that it doesn't matter that you feel scared or that you feel whatever emotion you feel. What matters is that you understand that that's how you feel, but that you do it anyways. You understand that you feel this way and you do it anyways. Because yes, we're going to be scared. Yes, we're going to feel like an imposter. Yes, we're going to feel nervous. But if we do it anyways, that is better than sitting there analyzing situation, trying to be a perfectionist, really when you're trying to procrastinate, making excuses to make yourself feel better about not doing the thing. Excuses can be valid, but that doesn't mean they're not there to make you feel better. I make excuses, uh, I make excuses in a lot of areas of my life, and even though they're valid, they're still excuses that I use to make myself feel better, that are protecting my, my pride, my ego, 
in a way. But the true reality of it is those are the things that you tell yourself to explain yourself why you're not doing it. But the only thing that really matters is doing it. I love this uh, this term that is called bias towards action. I absolutely love that. Because most of us, including myself, have more of a bias towards thinking. But really, we need to have a bias towards action. And the quicker we can get from thinking to action, the better. Because we get feedback quicker, we get a better understanding quicker, we fail quicker, we succeed quicker, we experiment quicker, we learn quicker, we grow quicker. But it all comes from the idea that we think about something and we go, we, we choose the quickest path from thinking to action. Having a bias towards action is, it's a skill. It's something that you can train yourself on. It's something that I can train myself on. It's something that we can all train ourselves on, which is how can we have more of a bias towards action? And when I think about it, the first thing that comes to mind is when you have an idea, when you have something that is on your mind, what is the minimal path to get there? And I often reflect on my podcast because my podcast was probably the best example of me having a strong bias towards action. Because when I started my podcast, all I had was a phone and that was it. Yeah, that was a phone. And then there was a laptop that had a guest on Zoom. But I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have equipment. I didn't have any of these things. And I started a podcast. I could have told myself that I can't start the podcast because I don't have a studio. I could have told myself that I cannot start a podcast because I don't have a sponsor. I could have told myself all these things that truly and generally do not matter. We often compare ourselves to others because we, we draw meaning via comparison. And what we tend to do is we compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. That's an unfair comparison because someone else's chapter 20 looks very different from what their chapter one looked like. And a lot of the times we, even comparing our chapter one to their chapter one makes no sense. When you realize that you are a unique individual with unique circumstances, with unique skill sets, unique knowledges and unique experiences, you realize that your life is your life and Everyone else's life is their life. And your path is your path and their path is their path. Now, I'm not saying that you can't draw inspiration or learnings or insights. But we, you have to contextualize it to what your life is and to what, where you are in your life. And so when we talk about bias towards action, what is the minimal path to get to action? So for my podcast, every time I had a barrier oh, but I don't have a studio. The first thing that I would ask myself is, but do I need a studio? Or could I just start uh, a podcast without one? But do I need professional equipment? Or could I just start my podcast without any equipment? Like These things are important. Is you dissecting these things and 
even to this day when I do the podcast, I literally still use my phone, except this time I actually just have a small microphone plugged in. But I'm still using my phone. I'm still not, I still haven't really changed a lot in terms of the equipment. Hopefully sometime soon I will. I'll just, just leave that as a, as a, you know, a heads up of what might come in the future. But right now, as it stands, I've only just added a small microphone plugged into my phone. Whereas before, I didn't even have a small microphone. I just had my phone. And I was relying on my phone's speaker and audio uh, app recorder. <laughs> so, as I produce content, what I think about the most is how can I not necessarily remind others well, that's important to me, but also reminding myself. And so a lot of the content that I make is actually reminders to myself in a lot of ways. It just so happens that when I share it with you all, I am able to help others. Helping you all, even if it's in the slightest way, means a lot to me, whilst I use content creation as a way to remind others of the things that sometimes, most of the times, are useful to know and be reminded of, a lot of the times I'm reminding myself, and in turn that just happens to be helpful for a lot of people, and of course the most helpful to me, but I appreciate the fact that I have this space with you all. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast where I was basically rambling and waffling about quickly what's on my mind and what's on my heart. I know there's been a bit of a, a theme and a common pattern <laughs> in my life recently, especially the past few episodes that I've produced. There's definitely a pattern here and you probably have identified that or have recognized that. But hopefully this has been helpful to you. I really hope it has. Thank you for listening and for spending time with me today. I really appreciate that. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, then please make sure to listen to the next one to find out what's up and what's next.